A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Folks, what do you got? This is Rob D, the Deadpool Hitter, coming at you with another podcast here. Thank you for the support on the Pull Hitter Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Deadpool Hitter, the Pull Hitter Podcast, at Pull Hitter Pod. We're going to do a another team breakdown today. It'll be me and my boy Ryan Roof from World of War. You can catch him on Twitter at Ryan Roof, R-U-F-E. We're going to do the Tampa Bay Rays today. We're going to do the Boston Red Sox next with Mr. Jason DuPont, him of NFBC fame and GIF fame, of course. Can't forget about that. But we're going to blast through the Rays here. Again, we're going to go breakdowns. We're going to talk about some plays up at the top, but we're going to focus on post-150 ADP, you know, closer, committee, second base, center field. Do you feel comfortable with Jose Siri? Do you not? Who's playing Who's playing first base? Whole bunch of options there. Kyle Manzardo coming up. Is Curtis Mead coming up? What are the contributions from those fantastic rookies that they have in the offering? Will Brandon Lau get traded? Plenty of questions. We're going to try to hit those questions and give you what we think at least might happen for the team going forward. Thank you for everyone who's shared a rating or review. Super, super, hap- super, super helpful and happy that you've done so. I'm grateful for all the all the amount of ears I'm getting and the amount of time that you spend listening to the podcast. It's just amazing, and I just can't do it without you guys, and thank you so much. Super, 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 super grateful. We'll always be. All right. With that being said, right, this is the time. This is the time to start hitting it. Got to start getting hot right now, you know? Got to get it. Get the process, get the baseball forecaster, get the FTN draft guide, whatever you need. Start subscribing to websites. Start gathering tools that you might need to do your draft prep. Make a spreadsheet, whatever you need. Just start doing it a little bit day by day, and you'll get there. By March, April, whenever you do your draft, you'll be ready to fucking knock one out of the park, right? That's what we're trying to do here. We want to be able to brag to our friends, to our family. To whoever you play against, you want to be able to win that title. And if and if not, you got to enjoy the ride on the way there. You know, you have to enjoy the process. You have to be able to know the things that you're getting better at. You have to know the things that you're not getting better at and where you stand in terms of you as a fantasy player and what you need to do to improve. That's all we can do. We have to do a lot of self-reflection in these kind of fantasy baseball leagues because 
If you don't really truly know what you're doing well by looking back at your teams, looking back if you have a long history of keeper league, you know, look back at data, keep keep things, you know, keep 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 a trade log, keep a transaction log. Know know the kind of players that certain owners in your long-standing leagues like. Even in NFBC, you know, we have historical data on the site. Extract it. Use it to your advantage if you can. You know, obviously you still got to focus on you and what you got to do to win your league, but it, it doesn't hurt to have some ammo. You know, I extract a whole bunch of stuff, but I don't use all of it. You know, I draft in a league. Maybe I know who someone picks. I'll try to remember and I'll try to use it in that next draft, but I don't try to consume all of it, you know, because obviously just, you know, I, I want to focus on what I need to do. Not what everyone else is doing in the room, but still helps to know a little bit. Maybe if it's a guy you like, someone else really likes, you know, that's the thing, thing that that's that's something that you note. You don't have to note every one of their picks, and you know, I know some people do that, and that's cool. That's that's part of it. That's part of what everyone uses to win. So anyway, sorry for that long-winded rant, but you know, just just do it now. All right, here we go. Tampa Bay All right, Rays. Boom. Tampa Bay Rays. Let's see, they are actually one, they're a 0.5 war ahead of the Blue Jays on the Fangraphs team war page. Um, so just behind the Braves, Mets, Padres, and Yankees. Man, the Padres shot up there from the last time I took a gander at this. Um, let's start right at the catcher position again. Uh, Christian Bethencourt, I think, was a huge boom last year for anyone who picked him up. Shout out to um, our boy Ryan Venancio, who came on the podcast and said so. Said specifically so. Go get Bethencourt. And um, he was great. He, he he was super. He was super ad last year on the wire. Um, what do you think um, plays out here? You think it's a 50-50 between him and Francisco Mejia? Probably, yeah. Um, I, think, I think Bethencourt's a little more appealing just – you know, under the hood is a little, little, little bit better. Uh, you know, Bethencourt's 91st percentile max EV mm-hmm. uh, gives him a little bit more upside. But both, um, both catchers, Bethencourt and Mejia, not, not really good at getting on base. Uh, both were under 300 last year. Uh, OBP, um, I don't think there's like a distinct platoon advantage really between the two and Bethancourt hit lefties and righties pretty much the same last year in terms of both average and OPS. So um, he has hit lefties a little bit better the past two seasons. So maybe he gets a little bit more run against lefties, but um, you know, Bethancourt's been kind of on my radar as kind of a catcher two and in, in draft champions. And I've kind of just overlooked Mejia, but just kind of comparing the two and, I mean, they're, they're pretty similar in terms of the projections, uh, you know, Bethencourt a little bit more power, but um, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess it kind of opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, he is not a terrible catcher three possibly uh, in those in that format. So um, and Bethencourt may not be as, as good as I perhaps thought he was. So what are your thoughts? How dare you besmirch Christian Bethencourt? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, I think I have, um, I have, I have a lot of Bethencourt and Gladiators as my second catcher. Um, 
I think the hard hit stuff is really what stands out to me. Um, yeah. It just has loud tools. And I think Mejia is just more of a, okay, you know, uh, I don't strike out and uh, that much. And I make contact kind of catcher. And, and that's cool, you know, but you know, I want exciting things in my life, Ryan. Yeah. And uh yeah. I I get a little excited about Bethancourt um all around skill set. Like you mentioned, the Max E V, um, hard hit fly balls. Um and he's really um he he de- he definitely had the tendency to chase uh Bethancourt. Yeah, both of them do. But both, both of, them, of do. them do, right, correct. Um, but what I do like about Bethancourt is that he has like a high zone swing rate. So Kind of like so it's, it's something that actually we've been looking into a lot this offseason is the Z swing minus O swing. Um, shout out to Jordan Rosenblum who talks about that a lot. And um, I read, a, I read an article on Driveline about like their swing decision metrics. And I think Eno just posted something recently about the Z swing minus O swing stuff. Um, because just comparing in the zone decision making as well as outside of the zone. So someone who's aggressive in it, I kind of like it. it kind I think it offsets a little bit of that chase rate because he's probably barreling up good pitches by having such a, you know, high swing rate in the zone. And, um, you know, I think he hit 28 barrels to 11 homers. So, you know, under that 56% uh, league, league average that we talked about. And so I think he has some, the possibility to make some grounds up in there as well, Bethancourt. Though, yeah, I think I like him as C two. I haven't haven't thought about Mejia at catcher three. Um, I think if if I get two good catchers, like if Bethancourt's my second catcher, I'm probably gonna have a decent third, maybe one better than Mejia as a third, and then my fourth just like a you know, um, maybe a last round pick, but. Haven't looked into Mejia as as any part of my depth at all. Yeah, past couple of weeks of uh, DC's, uh, Mejia's got a 451 ADP, which is round 30. And I think at that range, I think I'm looking at other, you know, depth. Yeah, um, you absolutely. Know, positional depth, outfield depth, uh, pitching depth, as opposed to catching depth. So, yeah, I, I haven't drafted Mejia yet either. Um, I think defensively too, um, Bethancourt's a little bit more appealing, uh, 96 percentile pop time, to second base, uh, framing about league average, whereas, uh, Mejia is a little bit worse, um, both. And I was actually surprised to see. Canning for Bethancourt, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was actually surprised to see, I forgot, um, Bethancourt had five steals last year too, six attempts. Mm -hmm. So, um, got above average sprint speed. I'm probably not getting that from Mejia. Um, thing with Mejia is just he's he's 27, um, was, you know, highly regarded as a prospect, you know, back in the day. Um, so maybe it's not, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not drafting him in round 30. Uh, if he slips, I would, I would consider it. But, uh, yeah, I, maybe there's a chance for Mejia to kind of break out still. Um, if he can be a little bit more disciplined at the plate. Yeah, I I I don't like him in that range. 
Yeah, yeah. Four fifty just seems like nah. Just, right. just a little too high for me. Um, great. You know, um, this I think yeah I think you can go elsewhere. I, I think it's really high, but um, yeah. Let's move over to uh, the next fun position for the Rays. First base got Harold Ramirez. Isaac Paredes, Yandy can slide over there, Jonathan Aranda. And you got Kyle Manzardo hanging out and um in the in the minors ready to come up and crush major league pitching. How do you think this shakes out? Yeah, this is a probably their most platooned position, I would think. Um Yeah, Manzardo is just is just a stud, but um 22 years old, Rays' best prospect. Um, not yet on the 40-man roster, but mm-hmm. you know, Rays are very um, open to uh, making moves and clearing up roster space. Um, we'll talk about their bullpen, uh, you know, a little bit later. But it's frequent frequent turnover with a lot of those guys, um, at least in terms of options and trades and things like that. So they can certainly make room for, for Manzardo if he uh, emerges, but uh, only 29 games uh, above high A so far. So, but it's a nice profile. Um, great hit tool uh, gets on base. Like that doesn't strike out much like Sadrell walks. Um, probably cracks the majors at some point this year, uh, maybe in the second half. Um, you know, we've uh, kind of been on Manzardo before. In drafts yes or no yes sir yes sir yeah. Yeah, yeah i got him in a couple of drafts um maybe two out of the four definitely one um two out of my dcs yeah i love it i mean again i'll go back to that hitters comp tool and when you put up manzardo's double a season last year it's funny you get his teammate curtis Mead as a comp so you sh- it shows you how similar they are as a profile, but he got Eloy Jimenez, got Miguel Vargas, Spencer Torkelson, Evan Longoria, and Rowdy Telez. So at least what what um you know what Dylan told us, at least if it's not so much telling you his upside, all those almost all those guys on the list are in the major league. So he's a major yeah. league talent for sure. Yep. Um and you're right, you know, you call out that he's not on the 40, Curtis Mead is so I don't know if that makes the path to me to play third and more Yandi at first, but you know, last yeah. year they had 92 games from Choi at first. So that's a, that's a left-handed bat, you know, taking up 92 games um, out of those first basemen, you know, Aranda is that, that guy, you know? Right. Um, so I don't know if he's going to replace all those lefty. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, it, it seems like, you know, on on the depth chart on on uh, fan graphs, they do have a Ronda for getting 322 plate appearances at first and Yandi for 140. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's um, tough to really wrap my head around how they're going to fill that consistently. But, you know, they're going to do it as clever as they can. For um, sure. Yeah. There's just know, a lot of options. I mean, between, you know, Isak Predis and Harold Ramirez able to slide over there. And, you know, it's just, it's going to be their probably most platoon position, I would think, until 
you know, potentially either Meade or maybe Meade gets, you know, like you said, uh, he's more of kind of a second base, third base uh, option, you know, maybe uh, until Mezzardo is ready to go, uh, they just kind of platoon and fill the gap. You know, obviously, Aranda didn't have a great, um, a good amount of sample to see how he did with righties. I mean, he only had 80 plate appearances, pretty much all of them. So, um, yeah. I don't know how he did in the minors. Uh, let's see, minor league splits. Let's see if we can get that. Let's see if we can get that. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Lefties. I mean, versus right handed pitchers, left hand bat. Yeah, I mean, Good. He's good versus both in the minors um, last year, at least. So maybe this is the route they take. Pretty yeah, I would have to imagine they, they're expecting Aranda to perform significantly better than he showed in his debut last year. Because, I mean, if you look at his minor league track record in 2021, hit over, you know, 325 at both stops between high and, and double A. And then triple A last season, he was he was really, really good hit. 319, 18 homers, 86 RBIs in 469 plate appearances. So um, only 21% strikeout rate, 10% walk rate. So 915 OPS. So lots to like there from his minor league season, but uh, we'll see how we can do against big league pitching uh, this year. I'm sure he'll get the shot. And then, you know, if he's not performing, maybe that accelerates uh, some of the younger guys uh, from the minors. Yeah, he he had um seven point this is a Jonathan around the seven point three percent barrel percentage in the majors. So four barrels in his um eighty-seven plate appearances. Strikeout rate wasn't terrible at twenty-six and a half percent. Um hit a hit a lot of grounders. That's in the profile a lot and was at least in the lower levels of the minors. He kind of corrected that in double A AA and triple A where he went from pretty much in the 50% ground ball rate to 35 and 43, but he returned to the 54 in the majors. Um, but max EV at 108. So that's, you know, that's, that's promising. I like that. Yep. Um, 82% contact. Pretty solid. Um, yep. And what, one other thing I was going to mention is, oh yeah, his um, exit velocity on fly balls is, I mean, again, short sample size, um, but if I take off the filters for plate appearances, he was in the 100th percentile for negative velocity on fly balls. So, um, and that stat I mentioned before, um, the exit velocity of uh, a percentage of balls that you hit in the air over 100 was um, also 79th percentile. So he, he, he's got, he's got some, got some interesting capabilities and, uh, you know, he, he's going at a pretty decent price right now in drafts, right? 470. So he's, yeah, he's behind Mejia, um, kind of like deep second baseman. Yeah, if you, you look know, at he, the other second baseman going around him, Tony Kemp, Adam Frazier, Jonathan Scope are like right ahead of him in ADP. And I would take Aranda, shot on Aranda over all those guys. Um, Kevin Newman's another one. I mean, so Espinel's right there, 794. So, or sorry, uh, for I just I was dyslexic there. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, Randa could be a nice value. Um, it's an interesting uh, stat on the you take off the filter on the yeah the fly balls there. And you know what? Like he he he's gonna gonna gain another 
position, you know? So yeah. he has second base now and he'll gain first base. Most likely is what we're assuming here. It's what I think, I'll, you know, a lot of people are assuming. So that's nice little interesting thing to add. Uh, first yep. base, second base. Um, I think I just talked myself into taking some deep stabs at Jonathan Aranda. Yeah, I'm on board too. You're on board. On Let's board. go. Let's get it. Let's go. All right. Uh, everyone who's listening is also going to get on board. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. All right. Um. Yeah, we talk about men's auto. Obviously, huge, huge possible impact there. But second base, um, Mr. Brandon Lau missed a ton of time last year. Um, he does not face lefties often. Last year, he sat versus a lot of them. Um, <laughs> not yeah. even going to bother saying the number, but. Uh, Taylor Walls, uh, you know, bounced around and he helped out in, you know, second, short, third last year. Um, but they have him to back up. But what's your thoughts on Lau? Is he, is, is he, is he a guy that you're, I mean, it's an interesting draft price for a guy who might hit, you know, 25 homers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I really, really liked Lau last year, and obviously yeah. it was a disappointing season. But um, and he was in know, a spot. So I don't mean to interrupt you, but he was in a spot last year too versus a lot of other guys I liked. I remember he was right next to Jonathan India because I remember in my head there was one like one draft where I took Lau because most of the time I was usually going India, and I think Polanco too was around that range, if mm -hmm. I recall. And um, so I was doing a lot of that up the middle. So I'm kind of happy I didn't really fully get too much of him. I only got him in one DC. Um, but and he's I mean, he's if you look at his ADP now, 181. I mean it's right near those same guys, Polanco, India. It's the same dilemma this year. <laughs> yeah. You're right. So. Isn't that funny how they just even Marte, right? They all kind of drop to the same range. Yeah. Drury, Cronenworth, Whitmerfield, all right there. But yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm not. I haven't gotten any uh, Lao yet. I don't think I will, um, just because of the the massive platoon risk. Um, and even like, if you look at his, it's so weird because like his past seasons, like he's got a 270 season, you know, with 17 homers, 2019, 269 the next year in 2020 in the sh in the short season, 14 homers, and then he really broke out in 2021 with the 39 i don't know man i just i think a lot of that was a ball you know 2019 21 2021 i think the the ball kind of was pretty similar in 2021 i don't know man i think i yeah i just i don't think i'm getting here with with lao but i can see the appeal and the upside if he's if he's healthy um and i don't think he's like as bad against lefties as it like, I don't know, I, I, but the Rays just don't want to start him against lefties. So, like, if you're not getting the starts or the playing time, then you're kind of screwed. But 28 years old, I mean, it's still, you know, it's in the prime years, probably for power, maybe a little bit later than that. But I'm I think that, I think that year that, you know, I think everyone will point to the year that in 2021 where he got full-time run, but um, I don't know. I'll, I'll kind of point to 
them not really having as deep a team that they do now. Yeah, that year. that's a good point. Yeah, you know they had. I think Mike Brasso was on that team, and Bruhan was young. Franco played after they traded Adames. Um, but I don't know. I think his projection's a little high. Um, that I think it is. For, yeah, five seventy-two plate appearances. I think that's too much. Absolutely. I think we'll see like mid four hundreds, maybe at the max. Yeah, it's too much for my liking, and I I just don't. It's probably I'm probably not going that to pick him at that spot, but it's just interesting to note. Like he's definitely a decent power source there. It's just yeah, if you trust that yeah. he's gonna stay healthy and um again like not get sat first again because there's a lot of options here and. If Mead and Manzarda do come up, it'll only make it more clogged. Um, right, right. And maybe, uh, maybe the candidate to get shipped, you know, could be candidate to get shipped. Um, all right, let's see. Third base, uh, I think we love we love Yandi. I mean, I love Yandi. I know I a lot love of people. Yandy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I know, I know, I know no one likes him because it's, oh, I mean, he's never going to be able to lift the ball. I've been waiting six years for him to lift the ball. And that, that, that's just stop. Like, just, just, just admire him for what he is, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't knock a player because of what he isn't. Like, he's extreme value last year for where you drafted him, you know? He batted lead off a ton. I mean, uh, uh, what do people want these days, Ryan? What do they want? I think it may have set the min on him in draft champions. Oh boy. I'm looking Here to see. We go. Uh let's see. In the past three weeks, 244. I just took him at because I waited on I've been he's the guy like one of the guys. If I'm waiting on third base, I'm I'm targeting, right? Let's see, where did I take him? 15, 20. Yeah, I think I well at least over the past three weeks it would have been the men two twenty two thirty. Oh Jesus, what are you doing to us, man? I, I waited. I waited on third base and then. Um, well, keep fucking waiting, man. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just joking. Do what yeah. you want to do. You're I, just I killing sniped. the Yandi fan. You, you're yeah. killing the Yandi fan club here. You know, know we're trying to. I know. See, it. the problem was I got sniped on Cabrian Hayes around twelve. I got sniped on Alec Bohm around fourteen. One pick, and then. Um, I got desperate, so I was like, you know what? It was him and Mankata that I was waiting on, and Mankata lasted till round nineteen. I should just should just waited a couple more rounds. But uh, God damn it! Yeah, it's my fault. I'm driving up his ADP. It's my bad. Yeah, you're the big ADP driver. You don't remember? No, no. Anyways, we love Yandi. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Um, but I do think though. I do think because Curtis Mead is on the the forty man, so what we might see first is maybe him come up, and you know maybe that moves Yandi over to more of a first base role. You know they have so much flexibility. Like if they need outfield, and you know Harold Mara's got to flip around. I don't know. It just seems like there's so much room for them to move around, like normally the Rays way, but. Yeah, you know Ramirez played uh, a decent amount of games at DH. Fifty-two. I didn't mind. Rosarena got twenty-seven at DH. 
with Margo 16, Yandi 14. They really do a good job of moving it around to get some rest and everything for their players. Um, and I think when I he's healthy, I think he's as close to an everyday guy for the Rays as you can get. Like yes, for such a platoon-heavy team, I think he's he's an everyday guy. Um, you know, maybe a couple days off a month if he's healthy. You know, but he's mostly in there every day. Table setter is gonna you know lead off probably most of the time. Um, and just you know he's got that potential. Like if he can just get that launch angle up, like he could be like a twenty homer guy. But, um, you know, it's just not his approach. And OBP is fantastic, over 400, Pat, you know, two of the last three years. Way more walks and strikeouts last year. It's just a stud. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's stop think, talking about him because I feel like he's right. going to go in round 16 now. For- <laughs> but I but I do think that Curtis Mead is going to get a shot early. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that he um, – Believe he got a chance to play a little more second base. Yep. Um, I think James Anderson wrote in his outlook that he doesn't think his arm is that great for uh, third base, and his overall defense isn't really the best. So, talking about yeah. possibly, um, you know, second base first and DH, but the bat is pretty elite. Um, you know, 80th, uh, got a hundredth percentile. Um, not um. 90th percentile uh with ev which is pretty amazing um and i mentioned that com tool and same same thing he's just with manzardo it's a great great comp you got eloy jimenez gavin lux uh alec thomas christian yellick miguel vargas just some pretty good uh plays on that list and he just put up monster numbers so i think that it, pure hitter without pure, a ton of power Pure yeah. hitter, yeah. I think I think he's going to get a lot of run um, sooner than we think. Yep. Um, think if he just smashing in AAA, they could just move Lau, you know, right out of second, put him at second, um, and um, it'd be interesting. But those two guys are going to be heavily watched on, and um, for sure. Yeah, James um, Anderson's twenty third ranked prospect. So yeah, twenty third. Yeah, huge. He definitely moved up there. I mean, he was really low like a couple years ago. On, on his list. Um, and it's just been a gradual ascent, you know, since basically 2021. And uh, it's good to see. Uh, I, th- I feel like he's just like that perfect raise player. Yep. Like, like just pure hitter. Line, Absolutely. Yandi, Franco, all those guys. So, yep. Walks and strike out. Just a nice tool there. Yep. Um, center field, Kermeyer is gone. Um, last year, you know, Margot was a little banged up, so he didn't get you know a ton of run consistently. Um, but Kiermaier actually still paced the team with 56 starts in San, and then Jose Siri, who they got in a trade with the Houston Astros, ended up playing 49 games in center. Uh, Brett Phillips was done along with the team as well, 30 games in center. Margot ended up, um, playing 13, starting 13 games in center, 49 games in right. So I I think Siri is gonna get decent run here. I think he's a good defender. Yep. Um, again, not you know a guy who strikes out a lot, but the tools are loud. I almost think he's just a louder, skilled 
Kevin Kiermaier, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just, like, yeah. He's just, again, the ability to, you know, to strike out and have a low average is there for sure. But yep. he's going to, like, he he's great in center and um, just has loud skills. You know, he hits the ball pretty hard and he runs fast. So I think late in D.C. is a good shot, you know, if you want that possible 15-15 kind of guy. Um and I think he gets uh, like a good a good stretch of time out there in in the outfield. Yeah, I agree. I I like Siri too. Uh, I'm at 33 percent of my teams right now, so um, definitely uh, looking his way as a you know fifth sixth outfielder. Um, power speed, like you said, tools are pretty good. It's weird though. Um, you know, in his debut, um, he hit. Uh, 318 with a 545 slugging against fastballs. And then last year, only 203 with a 307 slugging against fastballs. So it's just interesting. Like you, you notice stuff like that. And it's just like, what happened? You know, <laughs> like, um, but uh, yeah, not expecting much average, but um, it's definitely a lot of, uh, I think defensively, I think he's just really strong. And I think, uh, yeah, I think he gets most of the run in center. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now, he's got, uh, let's see, projected 473 plate appearances from, uh, again, five projection system aggregated, 18 stolen bases, 226 average, which isn't strong, but the 1418 is, is pretty solid. You know? That's nice. And you're yep. getting maybe 50 runs, 50 ribbies with that. Um Definitely not an OBP league kind of guy if you play in that kind of league. But um, if he's no, hitting ninth and he's got like Yandy and Franco right behind him, you know, at the top of the order, you know, he's getting on base at least. He could he could put up a lot of runs out of, out of there. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what like how he moves in Fab leagues. You think he kind of stays at the three hundred one, or you think he goes higher or lower? You think he's like a, the type of guy you take a shot on if he's just not getting time or just not good, you know, you could ditch him. Like, yeah, I guess what more, like what league do you think he's more valuable in format? I mean, sorry. Uh, I would probably say DC just because I think just where he's going and just, just having the depth and still be a productive hitter when he's, you're, you know, you're dealing with a bunch of injuries, uh, at least in terms of the, you know, steals and and potentially home runs but um you know maybe he's more valuable in in fab where you know you can start him at your discretion i don't know um because i he seems like like one of those streaky guys like i don't know i'm looking at his game log trying to find pockets where like he really kind of uh stood out you know, I like to do that a lot with with players. Is is kind of look at their game log to see like, yeah, well, yeah, were they streaky? They're kind of yeah, just yeah. like consistently contributing per game. Um, right. A lot of one for fours, oh <laughs> uh, for threes, and oh for fours. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Like, where do you think he's more valuable? I think a DC format. Yeah. yeah. Um, but do you – it's tough because, like, I see him and Margot going right next to each other, you know, and um, 
Yeah, like Margot in ADP, and last year he, you know, he he took a deep dive, and I get the injuries took a toll on him and possible effectiveness, but I think he's a sneaky grab too right now where Margot is going. I think that both of them are pretty good grabs and in draft and holds right now at their respective price. I mean, Siri got a crazy like on his rolling charts. He has like just looking at Z contact and um, zone contact and O swing. a lot of movement, you know, he, he's very, very up and down. It just seems like he's not like a consistent player. He seems like a guy who he finds his holes and he stays in there and then he gets into a groove and he stays in there for a little bit. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's just weird because at the end of the season, you know, let's say from like September on, his O swing shot up to his mm-hmm. highest of the season, but his own contact also did too. So um I don't know his swing and strike rate declined. So that's a good thing. Um so it's I, I mean, don't know. It's a, if you look at him, he's he got two months of like consistent playing time. Cause like when he was with the Astros, like he was starting like a couple times a week and then the trade happened and he basically was an true. everyday guy. So maybe he just needs like that consistent playing time, stay in the lineup every day or most most every day to see what he can do is we only got two months of, you know, and once he became the everyday player, his average went up from like 174 to 213 by the end of the season. So. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, he, he, he only has 374 major league plate appearances. Yeah. He hasn't gotten a ton of run. I mean, he's had some season in the minors where he's hit 230, 250, but he's also hit 318 with the Astros. Um, yeah. in AAA at, you know, with 400 plate appearances and also hit 300 when he went up to the Astro organization. Um, mm-hmm. So Man, 2017, it was, it was low A, but 24 homers, 46 steals. Yeah. <laughs> no, average. Right. Right. It's listen, it's a tantalizing skill set, And I just think that yeah. we may not have seen the best of him, you know, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, if he if he in basically his debut season can hit seven homers, fourteen steals, that's pretty that's pretty promising, yeah. So, sky's the limit. One twelve max EV, you know, yep. it's um I like it, you know. Um, did you set the min on him too, fucking guy? Probably. Mean get <laughs> probably. All right, we're moving on now. <laughs> Let's go to uh, you. The closer committee. Um, obviously, we know Pete Fairbanks was lights out last year, um, and I think it definitely mirrors kind of what Kit Rich the um, the path Kit Rich took two years ago. Right, he had that six second half, and last year he was. It's funny too because it mirrored where they're going in ADP too. Kit Rich was going in the same spot that Fairbanks is going this year, you know. Um, and it's, it's just, it's just interesting how that mirrors each other. You know, actually Fairbanks has definitely risen up, um, actually in the last 15 drafts is at 199, but I think he started off in that 250 ish area in in like early, yeah. early drafts. And that was where Kit Rich was going. That was the and, sweet spot. But that was the sweet spot. I, I think you're right, man. It's like, because especially, especially like I, I felt that 250, he was that ultimate wild card. Like maybe if you had a really good closer up at the top. He just like adding his armor. Even if you had two, now you're adding this possible dynamite wild card. But now there's teams taking him as their first closer, you know, 
at this area if they if they kind of just wait and play that you know quantity game you know they'll throw in the Dominguez and the Fairbanks they'll kind of package those two kind of relievers together um but you know my whole thing too Ryan with the Rays I don't know if you kind of agree with me but like they've had again I think um it's one of those things like the narratives that we continuously follow and say you know, like everyone mm-hmm. say, oh, Kaplan is going to Kaplan, but he really like doesn't. He doesn't like, Kaplan. He, he doesn't Kaplan. <laughs> he doesn't Kaplan as much as people think he Kaplan's. Right. And the same thing with the Rays. They've had stretches where it's been one guy for like 65, 70% of the time, right? Like yes. they had the stretch with Diego Castillo where he was their guy. Like he got the majority of the saves with others sprinkled in. That's the thing, you know, like still you're going to get the sprinkling of three or four other guys, but he got the majority. And then it was Kittridge and then it was Fairbanks last year. So, yeah, it's so uh, this is such a thing to get torn on. Right. I mean. Yeah, I but can. Yeah, he so stay I healthy? Agree. That was your biggest question in the doc. Can he stay healthy Fairbanks? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's you're the saying. Biggest yeah, thing. he can. Oh, no. You're just well, saying, no, yeah, well, that's the biggest no, thing. I, I'm agreeing. That's the <laughs> biggest know. question. Right. Like I think is you know, average per season is about 25 innings and that's not a lot. Um, even with 25 innings, you could get 15 saves. Um, but at the price now, it's just, it's just too early. Like he's, he's going before pick 200 now. And I think the 250 range and beyond, I think was, was just way more appealing. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Kevin cash. I mean, he's, he's shown before, like when he first, came over to the Rays. I think Alex Colome was his, his primary closer. He has used a primary closer before. So mm-hmm. if uh, Fairbanks is healthy, I mean, I think it was, what did he get? Like six of the last eight saves, I think for, for the Rays, um, something like that. I think uh, I have too many tabs open. I can't, oh, sorry. <laughs> for the Rays final seven saves to close out 2022. Um so that should be a t-shirt, by the way. I have too many tabs open. Yeah, that's yeah, that's your tab. Let's see. How many tabs do I have? How many tabs do you got? Let's just count them real quick. Three, four, five, six. No way. I have uh, like I, 20, <laughs> 20 some it'll tabs be, open. Yeah. The podcast will be as long as my last one if I count my tabs right <laughs> <Okay>. now. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, it's dependent on like the the competition, right? Like, how are the other guys performing? Like Jason Adam has another season like last year. I mean, he's gonna be in the mix. Um, you know, they traded away. Brooks Raley, uh, Colin Pache was just too homer prone for me. Garrett Clevenger is somebody I expect to kind of join the the committee this year if they if they do keep a committee. Um, so and then you know Kittredge may be back at some point. Um, it's not a for sure. It would be a late twenty twenty three thing if he does come back. But yeah, I mean Fairbanks is just so tricky. It's just all dependent on ADP for me because he's he was an elite elite reliever when healthy last year um but you know health is just, just been... the four seam and slider are fucking nasty i mean oh, yeah um he he sat he, he averaged 99 on his four seam last year up from the 97 4 97 1 in the previous two seasons he bumped up the usage from 55 percent to 60 percent the o swing on the pitch went from 29 percent last season to 41 uh, sorry, 29% in 2021, 41% last season. The swinging strike went from 15% to 21%. 
uh, the CSW climbed four percentages. I mean, it's just lights out. The hard contact on it allowed league average twenty eight percent, thirteen percent. Um, and the zone contact too was freaking elite at sixty four percent league average eighty one percent. I mean yep. that is just a lights out pitch. I mean if you can keep that velo too and keep oh my god it just wasn't that strange like he yeah. had the lat strain and then added be like I thought that was really interesting that he added two yeah. miles an hour on his fastball. Um, they probably gave him the right stuff in the lat, you know. Yeah. Right yeah. in there. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> You know, and and it's just I don't know. It's just it's a very it's a dynamite profile. I think if he if he can yeah. if he can man if he can up. stay healthy and had like pitch similarly to the way he did down the stretch, like he could be like one of the top closers in baseball. But you look in the past, right? Like you know, always a walk rate over ten percent. Uh, last year was the first first year he he really was kind of elite in that category, only three point four percent. K rate really spiked. Um, he had that just stretch of 20 some games where he didn't, you know, the first two appearances he he gave up runs and then the rest of the year he didn't. Um, in 20 some appearances he went. So uh, yeah, fastball slider profile and nasty. Just yeah, only one barrel allowed last year. So really a lot to like, man. If you could just put him in bubble wrap before uh the season. 109 Sierra, yeah, put him some bubble wrap. He's going to come out to Nasty Boy by Biggie. Um, yeah. He's just, I mean, 43.7 to 3.4 Ks to walk. How yeah. you doing? Yeah. How you doing? All right, so here's the question. Golden question, right? I think, this is what I'm thinking, in DC's now, he, you know, he's wanted, be, you know, because possible good arm, possibly 15 to 20 saves, right? Um, But he's also... Risky. So I guess my question is, in a fab league, once you come to like main event, right, and you're maybe more inclined to say like, all right, whatever, if it doesn't work out, I drop him. Mm. You know, I mean, Kitridge took a huge jump. Yeah. Last year. Let me let me pull that up while you talk. I'm going to pull up last year's ADP in the main event from DC. But tell me what you think might happen to him come, you know, fab big money season. Yeah, I think this is this is in an exact situation where you'll see his ADP be a little bit different in those fab leagues. So he'll, he'll probably be in the one fifty range, I think. Oh, um, it. in those leagues, uh, especially, especially more so like if, you know, spring and he's still got that velo in spring and, uh, yeah. Um, Cause yeah, I, I do remember Kittredge had that, had that period last year where he really climbed uh, an ADP and then like, I like in, completely missed the boat on that. Like, so, so in March DC's last year only, this is March only. Um, Actually, let me, let me, let me give you a full timeline of Kittredge. So maybe we can see, if listen, it's kind of mirroring Fairbank. So last year um, an early draft chance, Draft champion season. This is October, December of 2021. Kittridge going ADP of 314 as early as 302, right? DC's on a whole through February. So this is now October of 21 through February 22, 260 ADP, 169, 426. I don't know who the hell took him at 426, but that was a steal. Um, draft, you know, perceived steal. Probably Steve Weimer. 
March. Oh yeah, he gets every good fucking guy for the best prices. You kidding me? Every time yeah. I say, "Oh look, I just said, you know, look at this guy. I got at this pick, and he just flashes <laughs> his pick, and it's like, all right, you you beat me again." Um, Kittridge. Okay, so now March on DCs. He climbs up from that two sixty ADP to two ten. Climbs up to one nineteen min. Two ten. Guess where he went in the main? One thirty three. Yeah. So you're right. One fifty mm-hmm. looks like that spot that Fairbanks will climb into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, and, and I, especially I, more, you know. And of course, like if he's, you know, I think it all depends on how he's, how he is this spring. Is he healthy? Is he throwing, you know, ninety eight, ninety nine still? Um. But yeah, it's this is definitely going to be one of the. I see this exactly playing out. Just like it did with Kittredge last year, um, and I think I think part of the reason we've seen his ADP climb, um, you know, in the past few months is just you know just everybody's talking about him, how good he was, and right, you know, uh, I think people probably didn't realize a lot of people like just the uh, how good he was down the stretch because um, I didn't even real really realize it until I did a deeper dive on him. Uh, Yep. So you just you just see like injury risk and like people are blind to that sometimes. Um, but he was really, really effective when healthy. And the thing with the Rays, like it's interesting, like they have they've already traded Rayleigh, JP Fireisen, Chargois, <laughs> Javi Guerra this offseason. Like they have so much turnover in that bullpen. Like they traded so Castillo in 2021. Like they just seem like content with like getting those guys, you know, young controllable guys, they can shuttle back and forth between the minors and majors and just rotate. And like, it feels like Adam, Jason, Adam, Fairbanks, Clevenger beaks, maybe Pache are going to be those guys that are just the stable guys with some, you know, potential whistler, whoever else, you know, at the back end. But, uh, yeah, it's the I I'd like to get I'd like to hire them to like run my life like include like just improve my life efficiency yeah. whatever performance whatever they can do, but um, yeah the turnover is 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 really wild you know it's like especially you know like this is always a real high target for me in my head to head home league you know we have saves plus hold and I'm always targeting like raise guys who haven't pitched Saturday, Sunday, I'll scoop them up for like that next week, you know, right. um, because their starters don't go that deep and they're a winning team. So if they're winning yeah. that game and you're getting the three, four guys that come in, you get a bunch of holds from the team. Um, might even just draft all rays in my bullpen, you know, just, and that's it. Just, you're going to get a couple of saves and a couple of holds all week long, you know? Um, but I know that you really like Garrett Clevenger, right? Yes. Um, but talk to me first before you get to him. Is Jason Adam, I guess, the the next? Because he's pretty he's pretty popular pick as well. This you know this draft yeah. season. Um, he was um, see right now in the last fifteen drafts, ADP of three twenty two as early as two eighty eight. Um, and I feel like. And gladiators, he was consistently going because, again, 
I think the thing about the gladiators, what's good is that you don't have to time this Ray's bullpen, right? You know, you, you can just, yeah. you have that Ray guy, even if they split it up or get, you know, 40%, people are looking at the, you know, his skill profile and just looking at good ratios, possibly eight to 10 steals and maybe, you know, five wins, you know, and that's a pretty decent pick when you don't have to take that guy out. But um, is he like next in line or, and do you feel like he gets enough, uh, you know, shots like in a DC to be worth the the three twenty two. Um yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um the the big thing for him last year was uh the pitch mix change. Um mm. ditched his curve through way fewer fastballs. Um he really kind of has a pretty equal distribution between his slider change and, and fastball. And he threw his um fastball um 32% versus 33% change up 35% sliders. All three pitches had a 34% or higher whiff rate. Uh, really good in zone contact percentage allowed. 75.8% was one of the best among relief pitchers. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think he's, he's very solid in that kind of, you know, maybe 10 to 15 save upside. Um, and if Fairbanks is, injured maybe he becomes a primary guy um but i'm really liking clevenger a lot um i was just looking at his page when you uh it was mm -hmm. an interesting segue because i was just looking at him and between the the majors and minors last year he struck out 96 in 57 innings how you doing yeah um and what really opened my eyes to him was just watching him in the playoffs against the guardians like he i think uh he came in, I think, um, was it him? Might have been, actually, I think it was Jason Adam who came in with bases loaded, no outs, and got out of it. Yeah, it was Adam. Um, but Clevenger just looked nasty, too. He struck out Jose Ramirez. I was just like, man, this yes, guy's filthy. Yeah, yeah. You texted um, me. I remember you texted me, don't I? Because yeah. obviously you're an Indian fan, so you're watching that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. But um, I think Ray would really have, like, six saves last year, I think, I think. You know, he just kind of slots right in to where Rayleigh, what Rayleigh was doing uh, for for the Rays last year. So, between those three guys, I think I think all three are are very appealing. Um, we'll see the be prepared for the Fairbanks spike in in Fab League drafts. Um, you know, if he if he slips past pick two hundred in your draft, um, two twenty five ish, definitely pounce on him. I think he's worth the risk there, uh, injury risk. Because uh, even in limited innings, even if he does pitch 25 innings this year, if those are, you know, that could be like mostly saves, you know, and he could just still get 15 saves in 25 innings. But um, yeah, yeah, a lot of good I options like here. Definitely, definitely a lot of good options. One, one thing that I, like I always like, you know, I have, I have, I have some relief pitcher filters, you know, on on fan graphs and I extract them into my sheets. And, um, you know, when I go team by team, you know, I like to just, uh, you know, highlight some stats and do like a nice conditional formatting. But the one thing I, I realized too, is like how many relief pitchers, like, you know, just looking at the game leverage index, how, how many of their relievers have high, game leverage index, right? There's like, yeah. two, like other teams, there's like two or three, relievers that are and then it's just a big drop with the Rays. if you look at their overall year stats it's just 
so many guys, they're not afraid to put in high leverage, you know, and they get into so many opportunities. Like I said, like, you know, with especially their pitches not going as long, you know, they're constantly putting these guys in spots, even if it's the fifth or sixth inning, it's high leverage, you know, spot. Um, yeah. It's just, just very interesting. Like even a guy like, you know, Colin Poche, like, not the best profile overall, but still like a three five Sierra um overall and in just the saves plus hold is thirty last year, you know. Right. Yeah, he led the team in holds. Yeah. He led, yeah. So it that that's again, that's again, if you're playing the save plus hold league, that's that's perfect type of guy. I think um really I think was um top top thirty uh top thirty last year, I think, right? In twenty twenty one and save plus hold for like overall in the league. Or something like that. Um, they just constantly have a guy who's gonna be doing a little bit of all, you know, and it's it's just amazing to see. They're just so filthy how how they do it and how they run it, you know. Yeah, Adam too, especially in the safe safes plus holds leagues. I would expect him to probably lead in that category. Um combined. Yep. Um yeah, I, I I that that's probably a good call out. Yeah, I probably gonna he he'll be up there for sure. Um so do you like so so I guess my question is do you like I don't let's see I just want to look at something in the second half for a second. Um so I so all right, so I see like you know overall for full season, you know, Pache has seven saves to Adams eight, but obviously in the second half, Adams had four and Pache had one. But it's just and then just overall their full season numbers, right? aren't really that different. And my question, I guess, is why is one guy 322 and one guy 708? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> to me, that's, that's just... That's a fair question. To me, that's a full, like, oh, this is the guy, Jason Adams. But is he? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fair. They're um, so close. They're so close together. Like... I don't know. Maybe Adams just has a, is the overall better pitcher, but again, like you mentioned, the pitch mix change and yeah, because he really broke out. Like he really hadn't been on anyone's radar prior to to last year. Um, you know, Pache had a solid twenty nineteen, but uh, you know, with him, I think it's just for me, it's the homers. Like yeah, just so many homers for Pache. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I just feel like yeah, there is a pretty big discrepancy. It's in. just such a big discrepancy in two guys who aren't really that different, you know, I guess in terms of opportunity and, and, and you know, I get it. The home runs per nine is, is 1.69 compared to Adams is 0.7. And it's definitely sticks out in this bullpen for sure. Um, definitely a lot of barrels. I see that. A lot of barrels given up in hard hit percentage, but. There's also no guarantee that Adams like stays successful with that pitch yeah. after not, you know. So I just I don't know. It was just a thought process that go through my head. I just especially on teams like this where there is some opportunity in the bullpen to strike gold somewhere, you know. And I just wonder why it's just a 400 pick difference between guys who opportunity wise may not be that different. That's that's, that's true. That's um, all I got to say. I think I think it though. I think it. I don't know. For me, when you because Pache is a lefty, 
um Rayleigh was like the 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 lefty last year like who is the better left-hander for me it's it's Clevenger and maybe I mean it's still I guess Pache didn't didn't really he still got the opportunities despite you know Rayleigh being generally the better pitcher last year right the 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 lefty saves you know Pache yeah. at seven Rayleigh six um, so like you said, there's going to be opportunity there for some lefty saves for sure. Um, yeah, just man. Yeah. That's, there's something to think about, Rob. I'm going to think about that more. Um, cause that's a really good point. I think, I think if and, you're like really, cause I, I tend to like save spec, like last 10 rounds more, mm-hmm. more so than round 30 to, to 40 range. So, um, I hadn't been thinking about Pache there uh, and it, you know, past round 45, but maybe it should be because Clevenger has been like my target in that range. So maybe I should, maybe I should revisit that. No, you don't have to revisit it. I'm not asking anyone to revisit it. Okay? I know, but I, but it, it's, you bring up a good point. Like it's just, <laughs> it is such a strange discrepancy. I think, I think the reason Adam's going so high, so much higher than Pache is just the, the ratios were just so much better. Right. Right. Um, Right. But uh yeah, they're both in the high leverage mix. So both had similar holds, you know, totals last year. So it's very clear they're in the high leverage plans and high leverage mix. It sounds like a maybe like a nice interlude on an album, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, or or if you can make a t shirt, you know, you could like pour two things into the same high leverage mix. You know what who's it is. The real, isn't there really? Oh, that could who's... be your pilk. Your pilk combination yeah. could be a, that's a high leverage milk. You got milk and soda. I can't believe that was a thing, bro. Like, the, it's like not an actual commercial. It's not like, wasn't was. it a Super it Bowl is. commercial. It still is, right? It's out there. People, they made it into a, a thing. It, it comes in a bottle now. Isn't it amazing? Take Just take disgusting fucking factory made sugar. And mix it with disgusting pasteurized dairy, and you get a, a fantastic healthy drink. So this is just, the official just, Rob Rob's rants of the podcast. Yeah, this is it right here, hundred yeah. percent. You know, just keep putting shit into your body, folks. Uh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Keep eating all that junk. <laughs> all right, fantasy baseball spelling bee time. All right, let's do it. You, you did pretty well last last episode. I'm trying to get better. All right. Got it. You were like 4.75 out of 5 last time. All right, next one. Cabrian. As in Cabrian Hayes? Yes. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Cabrian Hayes. <laughs> Can't lift the is, ball. <laughs> yeah, is appealing. <laughs> but Cabrian. Uh, K E apostrophe? Yep. B R Y A N. Cabrian. You got it. The the Y. Yeah, and the possibly. Yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah. All right, next one. Adalberto. Adalberto, as in Mondesi? Yeah. Adalberto. A-D-A-L-B-E-R-T-O. Adalberto. Damn it. All right. Two for two. Do I say it nice? Yeah. All right. That was pretty fast, too. Damn. All right, Benintendi. Benintendi, B E N 
I N T E N D I Benintendi. Three for three. Can't, you can't give me Italians. Come on. Eh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Renhifo. Renhifo. R E N G I F O. Renhifo. Four for four. All right. Final Jeopardy question. <laughs> Langoliers. Shea Langoliers. L A N G E L I E R S. Langoliers. Yes, baby. Wow. Perfection. Well Fucking done. Fucking stud. You want me 1 1 if we do a fantasy analyst spelling bee. All right. That's much better than the first time. I think maybe I, I gave you a lot of the hard ones the first time around. I, I think one so. One more. I mean, You're not going to get this one. Minkiewicz or Minkiewicz. Oh, Doug? Doug okay. Minkiewicz. Doug Minkiewicz. M I N T J E V I C. M I E N T K I E. W I C Z. <laughs> Good fucking luck. Yeah, that's like Wally Zerbiak. Forget <laughs> it. Zerbiak. Forget it. Oh, that's great. Good shit, man. All right. That was fun. Yeah. I think uh yeah, these these deep deep dives, I think, uh focus in a little bit more on the the post 150 ADP guys helping me kind of reassess um one thing that really stuck out from your pod with uh, with Tanner and Jeff and and Phil and Steve, um, you know, leagues are leagues are won, you know, in the latter half of your drafts. Um, Absolutely, you're totally so, right. Because when so, Jeff asked us that question, like, did you guys take shots on your overall teams? You know, and it's just, and and and, and Phil was right. There's a perception that you have to take shots and you have to have this upside to win. Right. But it's really not, you know, I think just that's that gets like highlighted, you know, when someone does come through as an upside play. But um, yeah, absolutely, man, because that got me thinking I was looking back at my drafts, my my draft, like my teams that won. And it's, yeah, it's just consistently not reaching too much for guys. And um. With I mean, a good sprinkle you... and an upside too at the end, like you got to yeah, get a couple like, of guys. Yeah, the year you won the overall DC, right? You spec, you speculated on saves, right after after missing on Kila. Oh boy, um, speculated on saves late, and you took a shot on Corbin Burns. Boom. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So finding the skills, really focusing on you know potential playing time boosts, you know, looking at the various factors of who could have the opportunity to step into more prominent roles. I mean, these are the type of things that, you know, going through these exercises of these, these team previews are, are kind of helping me look at some of those deeper guys a little bit more. Um, you know, we talked about Nate Pearson, uh, Kikuchi possibly, you know, for the Jays and then, you know, for the Rays, uh, you know, when we did that pot, it's, you know, could be Manzardo, Curtis Mead type, type shot later in drafts uh jonathan aranda so yeah i really like uh going through this exercise diving a little bit deeper on the later guys because it's uh it's helping me so hopefully it's helping your listeners too oh you're on mute buddy 
Sorry, I had to mute it because my wife came home and I don't know if everyone, hi, and my dog, uh, Meatball, they, everyone probably heard him having a meltdown uh, <laughs> when she came home, but that's cool. My dog freaks out when I get home too. So And yes, I do I have a dog it. named Meatball. Like everyone thinks I just throw around Meatball, uh, like calling them a Meatball, but it's, you know, Meatball's in my life all day. So. Is Meatball one of the pugs or is that is that the he, other? He is. He's one of the pugs. He's my first pug. Nice. My first guy. First was Meatball, then came Olive, then came Dallas, and then we got Linus. Oh, pity. Um, nice. And But he thinks he's a pug, which is crazy. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> I love dogs, man. Like, yeah, we don't deserve best. dogs. They're the best. 100% agree, man. It's just, they're the best. It's just, they really... um instantly remind me to like smarten the fuck up when I yeah. just instantly like become a baby or like just get whatever. I see the dog and I'm like, I'm being dramatic. Yeah. This guy, you know, so. I was at a pretty, pretty, um, I don't want to say low point in my life, but it was, it was not, um, I would say the best period of my life when we adopted our dog and man, she just, she just is the best. She just is my best friend. Always so happy when I get home. Just she's just, I love her. Patsy, my Patsy. They're the best. So, yeah, that's what they do. They lift us up, man. You know, hundred percent. But Ryan, tell everyone where they could find you. What you got coming up next at Road to Wire, and um, whether yeah. or not you're gonna set any more mins on Yandy Diaz. I hope not. Um, yeah, Ryan Roof on Twitter, R-U-F-E. And you can find my work at Rotowire. Um, recently did a bunch of uh, player player outlooks for uh, relief pitchers. Got topped out at 140 this year. So it's a lot of, a lot of deep dives into relievers. And um, uh, eventually my Closer Encounters article will be uh, back in the rotation, um, also doing some uh, rankings uh, each week for for Yahoo, their premium service. Uh, uh, it's just one of the features they have to their premium members over at Yahoo. So, oh, nice. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a busy busy time for me at RotoWire, and I'm happy to happy to do it. Um, it's a great crew, uh, and uh, keep supporting. Not only this podcast, but the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, uh, Sirius XM, the content content on the site. We're just got a lot of hard work going into uh, different articles and research, and um, yeah, it's just a great crew. So happy to be be a part of it, and hopefully, uh, you're, uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, um, Rotowire.com/try for a free trial. Check out some of the the work we got going on there. And, um, Absolutely, you gotta get, like Rotowire has to be a part of the toolbox. I, I, I pretty much, you know, between your closer grid, James's dynasty and prospect stuff, and just the like you said, the outlooks on like the player boxes are so cool. Um, because, um, it's it's a bit of mining the news, it's a bit of trends from last year. You know, you got a whole bunch of information in that little box, and um. Yeah, and the the it's player so pages much. are just so clean. Like they're so clean, they're, they're very clean, and um, 
the import tool for like Dynasty, especially, is huge. You know, because yeah. um, you could throw your Dynasty in there, you could import it, and then you see with James's ranking who's available, right? You know, yep. um, same thing. You do that in with... uh, Riddleware Staff League. Uh, part yeah. of the big part of that league is the 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 um, auction and the the reserve rounds, and that's where most of the prospects get taken. And we do yep. that same thing. So, yeah, great Absolutely. tool to have. Yeah, it's the same for even for main event leagues, um, um, whatever home leagues, anything. Um, just being able to import your team, seeing what's on the wire, you know, using the schedule to see who's you know out there that you may want to pick up. It's a just um, again, it's just a it should be part, should be part of uh the toolbox for sure. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me and thanks for doing this. Look forward to the next one and absolutely. Uh, thanks to all your listeners team. who uh, yeah who uh continue to support this podcast because i think it's one of the best uh, best out there it's Thank certainly you, elevated my game uh, amazing guests um i'm honored to be one of them uh, i don't think i'm necessarily worthy when you i'm listening to uh guys like jeff zimmerman and and tanner and phil and uh nick pollock and all these studs Feel like Every, such a dud compared nah, to those guys but like a dud. Uh, everyone everyone brings a little bit to their to the game everyone raises their game up in some fashion that's totally the truth you know and you're a yeah. great player it's just the passion great... for baseball we all have yeah. it's, just, it's just awesome that's why i love yeah. talking to you on on these podcasts because uh just love talking baseball so absolutely appreciate it man 100 we got one team coming up left for the al east and that would be the boston red sox and um i am think I should be able to get Jason DuPont to come on and try to help us uh, go through his passionate Red Sox. I know he probably would want to be a part of that uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Either that or be screaming from the top of his lungs when he hears it. And we were lying through our teeth about how, how the Red Sox are going to break down this year. But um, I got some I, questions for him. I'd love to hear his. Oh, his, good, his, good, good, so. good. Yeah. He's just a guy you just like talk, you know, he's the best. Yep. Yeah. Um. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks, man. Alrighty, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Leave a rating and review if you haven't yet done so. It takes 90 seconds. I know it already took um, an hour and 13, not an hour and 14 minutes of your time right now. But, you know, if you can extend another 90 seconds, that would be huge. Maybe even take you 30 seconds. I don't know how fast you type. I don't know how fast you could do that. But it doesn't take long, you know. And it helped me out a lot. So if this helps you, help me, boom, better bang, better boom, you know, all that fun stuff. But... Um, smarten up and don't be a bag of shit.